0: Five-star Wrestling Revolution podcast is on the air. I am your party host, Vic Muscat. We can be found on every podcast platform and YouTube. Check us out and subscribe to catch out all the fuckery that you know that can happen when I'm in charge and hosting whatever. Today is, without a doubt, my biggest interview in my few years of history being a podcast. I have to admit, I am a little nervous for this. This man has to be the envy of every young man out there because he was the manager of the beautiful Carmelo. Actually, a lot of people would say that he's the manager of champions. A a man who on live pay-per-view, I saw, I witnessed, eliminated a 386 pound Braun Strowman during a Survivor Series elimination match. Also defeated in a non-title match, the legendary AJ Styles. Weighing in at 176 pounds, from the great city of Baltimore, Maryland, go Ravens. The former IWC high stakes champion, former 302 tag team champion, and former CP Cruiserweight champion, the legendary James Ellsworth. How are you doing today?
1: Glad you uh, rallied off some by accomplishments. I won numerous independent titles, but that's not a big deal. I am the man to beat AJ Styles—not once, not twice, but three times. The real winner of the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and the man who single-handedly eliminated Braun Strowman from the 2006 Survivor
0: Series. I saw. I mean, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. It's still it's a Survivor Series. A out, squad, whatever. It's, it's elimination.
1: Right. Yeah, the elimination. an elimination doesn't matter if you tap, you get pinned, you get counted out, you get disqualified. Elimination, elimination, the Survivor Series, especially when it's Raw versus SmackDown brand supremacy. In that year, our team won because of me, because I took care of the biggest problem we had, which was Braun Strowman.
0: Hey, you took the bullet for the team. I saw that. Yes. So, so how did you get into the crazy world of professional wrestling?
1: It is a crazy world, man. Especially these days. Um, I loved it growing up. Watched it my whole life. When I graduated high school, at the tender age of 17 years old, four days later, I started wrestling school here in Baltimore called Boom Breakers. Trained there for a year, four or five days a week. Got on the road a little bit, still sucked. Knew the basics, but wasn't very good. Then I met Axel Rotten ECW original. Um, God rest his soul, who became one of my best friends and my mentor and my ultimate trainer in wrestling and taught me the ropes and taught me psychology and um, taught me how to work, as we call it in wrestling. And um, from there, I just learned a lot from him and really understood everything better and got better and kept going.
0: What did he exactly teach you? Cause is he, wasn't he like a master of death matches in ECW? It's,
1: it's funny. He got pigeonholed into people knowing him for the hardcore stuff. Cause he was, he did the um, Taipei death match. Um, and he did the first ever barbed wire baseball bat match in ECW. So people knew him for the hardcore stuff, but Axel was an excellent wrestler. He wrestled at WCW before ECW. Nope, not a lot of people know that. He wrestled in Memphis with Jerry Lawler and, and his promotion before ECW. And, and Memphis is where you really learned how to wrestle back in the day. And he did all that. He just got, you know, he, he just wasn't scared to do the deathmatch stuff. So when he needed people to do it and he wanted to be recognized and he wanted to get his name out there, he just wasn't scared to do it. So he did it. And he kind of got pigeonholed into a death, being a deathmatch guy but he was a hell of a wrestler and a hell of a worker and just uh, I mean, a great promo, like an all around talent in wrestling. And I'm glad I caught up with him and got to learn from him, got mentored and trained by him because I don't think I would have made it to WWE without his tutelage. How did you get into the, into the WWE? Well, I um, say my prayers, took my vitamins, you know, all that stuff, all Coogan told you to do. <laughs> um, I, you know, was an enhancement talent, which means anytime WWE came in the area, they would use independent guys either to be guys that got beat up by their talent real quick, or you could be a Rosebud without a Rose, or you could be a security guard, or you could be, you know, a doctor backstage when they needed extras in the background. You're not the star. You're just there getting paid to be an extra. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think they have these extra matches and they become star automatically happened for me, but it it just doesn't happen for a lot of people. Um, So I had a match with Braun Strowman cut the promo, said my line, any man with two hands has a fighting chance, which I came up with that day. It's like, man, just liked the promo, started noticing what I was doing in the ring with Braun Strowman. Yes, I was getting beat up, but, you know, my facial expressions and my selling, he, he enjoyed it. And I got backstage and said, great job out there. I'll be in touch with you. I'm going to hire you. And I was like, what? And then I didn't hear from them for six weeks. Six weeks later, I got hired and I was off to the races.
0: What, what type of guy is Vince McMahon?
1: Well, he's the guy that hired me and gave me my dream and made a lot of money because uh, from him, then I got to travel the world because of him. He's he think about this. Here's a statistic that no one can argue: Vince McMahon is the only person in the history of the world to make a to make a billion or more dollars. Off of just wrestling like Ted Turner was a billionaire, but he didn't make a billion dollars off of wrestling. Tony Khan is a billionaire, but he hasn't made a billion dollars over wrestling Vince McMahon is the only person in the history of the world to make billions with a billion of dollars. Off of professional wrestling He's a genius He's the reason why You and I are talking right now He's the reason why We have all these other shows That are on television He's the re- reason that The wrestling business From 1982 to 2021 Almost 40 years Has excelled the way it has I would describe him In one word Genius
0: So you have no problems with them? No <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only problem, One of the problems I ha- do have with them. Um, And this could be from creative, not from him exactly. June 18th, 2017. As far as I know, a money in the bank match is no disqualification, anything goes. So Mm -hmm. let's say, for argument's sake, you went up the ladder and got the briefcase. Yeah. No disqualification. Mm -hmm.
1: So that should have counted. It did count.
0: But then they this SmackDown following, didn't they do the match over again?
1: Daniel Bryan, as general manager back in those days, stated that the match will go down as Carmella won. But he has the authority to make another match, strip her of the the money-in-the-bank contract, and put it up for grabs again. It was not a smart decision. But at the end, it still worked out. Carmella still, you know, won the briefcase. I still got involved. And... I truly loved working with Carmella. I miss her. And man, she, her, her and I were white hot on fire together at that point. So there was no other choice than Carmella to win at that point in time. And man, what a run we had together. I still talk to her to this day. I just wished her good luck on our WrestleMania match last week. And she messaged me right back from backstage at WrestleMania said, I, she's hope I'm, she hopes I'm doing well and thank you. And, we're very, very kind to each other and always have been. And I'll always be rooting for her. I'll always be a homer for her. I'll always be on her side no matter what.
0: You know, you probably made a lot of guys jealous knowing that Carmela texted you right back.
1: Oh, well, you know, Carmella, I mean, she's just a good person. She's, you know, I, I knew uh, Corey Graves, her boyfriend. I knew him on the Independence a little bit before um, – you know, he got signed. He was Sterling James Keenan on the Independence. And I, you know, him and I used to do this show around the Pittsburgh area together called Undisputed Championship Wrestling. So, you know, they they know I'm good for people and I'm, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about either one of them. But yeah, guys, a lot of guys were jealous. I, I was walking to the ring with her. I was, you know, her sidekick and, you know, um, and beautiful woman, uh, probably the most attractive woman in wrestling, if you ask me um and she carries herself well she dresses well she does everything she's very smart man she's an intelligent woman and uh, like i'll always be rooting for her that's for sure what led to your release from the wwe you know i I, it's just a hard thing a great question um it's hard to answer so i made all the money on my contract every single dime um I didn't go through NXT or the PC. So I really wasn't one of their guys. I had gotten over as a baby face. I had gotten over as a heel. They never told me bad job. I just think Vince, this is my personal opinion. I just think Vince thinks I'm better in smaller doses. Like if I'm there 10 years and they have nothing for me and I'm just getting beat up every week and I'll become less compelling. But if I go away for a little bit and come back, you know, after a couple of months or a couple of years, people will be happy to see the James Ellsworth character. And, and you get more out of that than you need to stay in there for years and years and, and getting beat up. And the guys don't get anything out of beating the James Ellsworth character because, you know, the average guy there is, let's face it, the average guy there's six foot tall, six foot one, 220 pounds or whatever. You know, I'm five, one seventy, 70. And, you know, so I, I, like, like I'm a boogeyman, I'm a hornswoggle. I'm something I'm like in that, you know, alumni of you're better in small doses and you get a big reaction when you come back that's how i feel that's why i feel that happen
0: so you will rate your overall experience at wwe uh possessed.
1: Uh, absolutely I, I mean i was on tv 2016 2017 2018 three different years i was on tv there I got to beat the world champion. I got to be on WrestleMania. I got to be part of the Royal Rumble. I had t-shirts, action figures, trading cards. Um, I got to travel the world on someone else's dime. I got to live my dream. So anytime you get to live your dream, even if it's for an hour, (laughs) like you have succeeded in life. And I did it for three years. And I don't believe I'm fully done. I believe at some point I'll get a call from them to do cameo appearance or whatever, just because, you know, the, the character, the Ellsworth character was so compelling and, you know, it always worked, always got a reaction, whether it was as baby face or as a heel getting booed or cheered. So yes, it was, uh, I'm very happy with the run I had, obviously I would love to do more, but if it, if that's all I did, those three years, I'm very happy with it. and very blessed that I got to be a part of world wrestling entertainment and travel the world and be as successful as I was. Cause that was my end game with this wrestling stuff. That was my dream
0: you just undersold yourself you said you beat the world. you beat aj styles the best wrestler in the world is a is a bullet point right there in your resume
1: aj Uh styles is the best wrestler in the world today bar none that i mean people can argue it whatever now this guy (laughs) he is the best all around performer in wrestling today and yeah just to be in the ring with him was such a blessing and an honor and I love the guy, and I can't wait to just – whenever I do see him again, it could be five weeks from now, five months from now, or five years from now. Whenever I see him, I'm going to do what I always do when I talk to him. Thank you for everything you did for me, and I love you. That's what I'm going to tell him, because that's how I honestly feel about the man.
0: Who was the biggest jerk in the WWE?
1: Uh, in a good way. <laughs> In a good way, probably Baron but he's such a smart ass. But I love that play. He's funny, man. He's a jerk, but he, it, I don't know. I—he I, I, doesn't beat anything by it. I, I don't think. But um, he, like, it comes off for television. He plays such a good heel. Um, but I think I—you know—we grew with each other after a while. And we we became cool. We used to do the Shawn Michaels Diesel jump high five. So <laughs> I would say, him, yeah, but in a good way.
0: If you weren't in wrestling, what would you be doing?
1: Um, probably uh hmm. I'd probably be a lawyer. Uh, that's what I would probably probably would have went to school for eight years and became a lawyer because so I, I like to fight for people that have been done wrong.
0: Okay, uh, civil or a criminal?
1: Um probably civil because Criminal, sometimes lawyers have to fight for people that did do wrong because that's their job. Civil, nobody's going to jail. you just listening to people, and, you know, you can take the case or you cannot take the case, you know? Like, and um, I, I'd much rather do that. I don't want to get into all that. I'm fighting for somebody that did something terrible. I don't – and getting them, you know, and uh, that wouldn't be for me.
0: And you're still a career. What is the, you have to say is the most embarrassing moment that happened during a match?
1: Um, let's see, you're probably when I well, it's not really embarrassing. I wouldn't say that. Um, I don't know, man. It's a hard question. Uh, I'm trying to think on the independents, something had to happen where I was embarrassed. Like, I, I'm I, I, it's happened a couple of times. People pulled down my tights, and my ass is hung out, so that's always embarrassing. Um, I had to pee during a match once on the independents, and I rolled onto the ring and peed because I just, I couldn't hold it in anymore. You gotta go. When you got to go you got to go brother we all know that
0: yeah uh, what's the one thing you wish you've known when you began your career
1: The one thing I wish I would have known is just that question what you're doing just do it like don't question promoters don't question like creative like wwe i really think i made a mistake of questioning creative too many times because i was just so passionate about what was going on it's not like i was going up the creative hey i need to be the world champion i was like hey man like i don't know if, i don't get what we're doing here i'm just you know like when carmella had me on the dog leash i, I mean which any man wouldn't mind that but i just didn't think it was interesting or or compelling or I don't think it was entertaining for the fans. So I kind of questioned it. So I just wish when you're in wrestling, it's just like any other job. Just go do your job. Don't question it. Go, go to your bosses about concerns, but don't really question. Like, hey, man, I'll do whatever you need me to do. But here, here, here's my thoughts on it. And that's it. Just don't question the bookers over and over again. It's your job. They're paying you.
0: Aren't there wrestlers that came out who questioned the WWE Korea team? Like Dina, uh, Johnny Moxley.
1: Oh, I mean, numerous people do it, but you know, if you're a top guy, you can do that because you're a main event guy. I mean, I was not a main event guy. Like I, you know, they probably looked at me as happy to be there, lucky to be there, whatever. I don't know, but I, I, I much rather, looking back, would have never liked to question anybody creative there because you know they were paying me good money to do whatever they need me to do, and I didn't mind doing anything. I just when I'm involved in something creatively or um, perform when I'm performing. I just want my performance to be entertaining for everyone at all times. And if I feel like the crowd is not entertained by what I'm doing at the particular time, then I, I, I'm upset cause I upset because I want them to be entertained every time I'm out there. You
0: yeah. know? By saying that, has there ever been a match that you, after the end, you've gone out back and pissed off that it ended this way in the way it did?
1: When that. Matt- I, I don't care. I never cared about winning or losing. Cause in wrestling, it's a show. Nobody's really winning or losing anything. Um, so nothing like that. I've had bad matches. Like anytime I have a bad match, like I, I I hate that, dude. I don't like having a bad match. Luckily, I haven't had a real bad match in a while where I've been so upset about it. I always question myself, and always, you know, like always go back and watch matches. Like man, I wish I would have did this different or that different. But I, you know, I just hate having a bad match. I don't like. <laughs> so I'm glad it hasn't happened in a while.
0: What is the one common myth you, about professional wrestling that you want that you want to uh, debunk?
1: That I want one.
0: That you want to debunk, like what, like rumor, what myth of, in professional wrestling that people That's, say it is, but it really
1: not. What a uh, debunk. I'm trying to understand.
0: <laughs> it's like what myth, like what, like urban legend. That you hear about professional wrestling that you know that's not true.
1: Oh, there's so many. I'm. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, what would be the best example? There's so. There's so many, dude. Um, you know, I'm trying to be politically correct. You gotta watch what you say these days. People will cry real. Um. Uh, Whatever you know. Yeah, anything with, like, I'll, I'll put it this way not i say this. Kevin Sullivan is a nice guy. He's, you know, and anything that people say negative about him, I don't believe. So, like, there's rumors. Oh, maybe he did this to the Benoit family, remember? Maybe he did that. No way. No. Yeah, so I'll say that because I, I love Kevin. What a great guy.
0: Yeah, the Benoit, yeah, it was just a tragedy. That actually- That's
1: sad, man. Anytime you know, it's very... You know, I wasn't there. I don't know what completely happened, but it's just sad that a little kid had to lose his life. And, you know, it, it's it's just horrible. And, you know, Chris Bell is a great wrestler. I didn't know him as a person. I never, I, I met him when I was, you know, young, but I never knew him. And um, I won't sit here and badmouth him or anything. So I, I don't know what, it's none of my business, but, you know, very tragic thing. And um, hopefully we'll never see anything like that ever again. <laughs> you know? Would you be upset if they allowed Ben to get the Hall of Fame? Would I be upset? I, I don't think, number one, I don't think they ever will. Number two, um, it, it's weird. Like, Chris Bawa, the wrestler, was a Hall of Fame wrestler.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, allegedly, Chris Bawa, the person, is not a Hall of Fame person. Um, I'd be on the fence about it, I guess, because I know his career was a Hall of Fame career, but it's probably best if they just don't even bother. Like, they, they would get so much backlash. Yeah. You know, sort of thing, but it's not my place, man. I don't throw stones, and it just, just you know, I don't even want to talk about that. It, just, it gives me the EBG jeebies. Yeah. It's so bad what oh, happened. Jesus, so, yeah.
0: What's a uh, what one wrestling move that you wish was illegal?
1: Wrestling? The, uh, the poke in the eye. Poke in the eye. Yeah, I would just do it all day to the uh, to the opponent if it was legal. I would just keep doing it. But if you do it, if you do it like three times a match, you probably are should automatically be disqualified because the referees done warning you twice. It should be the three strike you're out. But it's a referee's digression when they disqualify you. But I feel like if you, I wish it was legal because I would always do it, but I feel like if you do it three times, you're out. Three strikes, you're out, you're
0: disqualified. (laughs) You got the first two times. Yeah. Make them count. Mm -hmm. Before going in the ring, what motivates you?
1: Wow, oh, man, the, the the fans and I hate to be cliche, but I, dude, I love to perform and I love when the crowd making noise. So if if I'm about to perform and the crowd's been making noise in every other match and it's a good crowd and they're they're alive, that's what motivates me. If it's a dead crowd, I look at it as a challenge. That crowd's been dead the whole show. It's my turn. I'm gonna go out there and wake them the fuck up. You know what I Like that. That's so it's motivation when they're dead. And it's when they're alive, it pumps me up.
0: How badly did this whole COVID situation affect you?
1: So, uh, like, it's funny. Um, It didn't affect me too bad. Yeah, maybe the two months of unemployment, you know what I mean? But, like, Tennessee was wide open the whole time. So I went out there and I've wrestled probably, if I had to guess, two dozen different promotions in Tennessee because it's been open the whole time. So I went out there and wrestled and then I sold merchandise out of my house at the post office. I, you know, I, I'm on cameo, cameo.com, search James Ellsworth. So I did a lot of those. I sold women's money to bank briefcases and I, I, I did whatever I could to provide for my family and not touch my savings because that's the kind of person I am. I will no matter whatever position I am. I, I keep going, I keep fighting, I keep trying to make a living because you have know, two daughters, man. I, I got to, you know, like, if you have money now, you might not have money later, so you got to keep working hard, you got to keep fighting, you got to keep pushing through, no matter what the circumstances or the situation is.
0: On a side note, how's Gilbert
1: doing? A lot better. He had a heart attack the day before Thanksgiving, he was in the hospital for a week. Um, doing a lot better now. I mean, two months later, he was on Raw, so <laughs> that was cool, and um, yeah, I see him once or twice a week. We just came back from Tampa. We were down there WrestleMania week doing autograph signings. So, um, yeah, he's a lot better, thank God.
0: yeah. Because I heard he had a heart attack and he was doing, he was getting better, but that was the last I heard of him. That's why.
1: He actually, it's crazy. Probably, I think it was the end of February, he got COVID. (laughs) Like, so, he had a heart attack and then almost three months later gets COVID. Like, I'm like, damn, my, like, (laughs) <laughs> you can't catch a break, but he's, he's, you know, I just got my vaccination this week, and so it, did he. So, uh, we, you know, we're, we're doing what we need to do to not have to worry about that. Nice. nice.
0: Over your years of travel, what is your longest trip?
1: Japan. Um, that was a long trip of 17 hours from New York, Newark, New Jersey to uh, Japan, um, Tokyo, Japan. It was like 17 hours, 18 hours, long flight. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: Who was your favorite opponent?
1: AJ Styles.
0: He's that simple. Worst opponent?
1: You probably wouldn't know the person's name. It was a guy on the Indies. And I don't even remember his name because I think I have trained myself to forget it. The guy was just didn't belong in the ring.
0: (laughs) That bad, that embarrassing?
1: Oh the worst and then braun strowman because he hit so hard <laughs> i mean great you know great guy great athlete but, but it's just hurt <laughs>
0: yeah, because he's like he's huge nice.
1: Oh man. there was a part where he clubbed me in the chest and it looks like i took the most perfect bump in the history of wrestling that wasn't a bump that was just me actually falling down
0: <laughs> uh what subject would you like to know more about in professional wrestling
1: Wow, man, it's a good question. Um, you know, I want to be the next like Jimmy Hart or Jim Cornette or Bobby the Brain Heenan. Like, you know, I am so good with Carmella. Like, in the future, I want to be like like you know MVP is now or Paul Heyman is now. I want to be that manager that really, you know, that's that's my next goal in wrestling is to be you know the next Jim Cornette or Jim Jimmy Hart or MVP or Paul Heyman or Bobby Heenan like. Uh, you know, I that, I could see myself being a manager, talking for people. You know, get helping the stories through. Like uh, that's my next goal.
0: What would you say your top three favorite memories are? Top three. Top three.
1: Wrestling for the WWE title against AJ Man. When you're in the ring and the referee's raising the WWE title and the crowd's chanting your name and you're in there with the best wrestler in the world, you can't top that. Number two, WrestleMania. When I got into wrestling. My end game was WrestleMania. I need to be on WrestleMania. That's my end game. I was on WrestleMania 33. Number three, the Royal Rumble, my favorite pay-per-view. I always wanted to be in the Royal Rumble since I was five years old. I want to be in the Royal Rumble. I, that's, yeah, man, <laughs> like being a part of the Royal Rumble, 54,000 people in the Alamo Dune in San Antonio, Texas, and then just going nuts with my music kit. I'll never forget that as long as I live.
0: In your R.S. memory, what was your, the first wrestling match that you ever saw?
1: First wrestling match that I, re- I remember – like, late 80s, I remember seeing the Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude for the Intercontinental title where Ultimate Warrior lost. December, I remember that.
0: Yeah.
1: That, that hurt my feelings when I was a kid, And I remember seeing Ricky Morton against um, – it, it was like an enhancement talent guy, like, in an NWA television on TBS back in, like, 89. And I just remember thinking Ricky Morton was so cool. <laughs> so, Ultimate Warrior Ricky Morton. two first two wrestlers I ever noticed. Ricky Morton's still wrestling
0: today, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I just wrestled him <laughs> not too long ago.
1: <laughs> he's great, man. You know why he's still wrestling? Because he, he never killed his body doing all kinds of stuff. You know, he, he, he knows how to work. He's one of the best workers of all time. And that's why he's able to do it in his 60s. Yeah.
0: Good point. What are the best resources that's helped you along the way?
1: Um, well, Axel, you know, was number one. Um, just, I mean, I, you know, I, I, hate to toot my own horn or whatever, but I just the never giving up, it's not a resource, but just I, getting, okay. So any independent promotion I ever worked for, those are resources. Those are, you're getting in front of the crowd, you're practicing to get to the WWE level. So those are always great resources. So anybody like... You know, there's a guy named Massa Mike out of Delaware that ran shows. Um, you know, he used me for 10 years. There's, you know, Kaida Pro in Virginia, they used me for 10 years. Uh, just like any promoter that ever used me, they they helped me along the way because they gave me their platform to um, you know, practice my art form and perform my art form and, and learn my craft. So those are those were my resources for sure. would
0: you say those were you like that?
1: People that influenced you as well? Oh, influences, man. Um, like, like growing up, anybody that I ever was watching, but, you know, were influences. I, I just wanted to be a part of wrestling my whole life. That's all I ever wanted to do was be in WWE. I didn't want to do anything else ever. I just wanted to be in WWE. So anybody who came before me influenced me.
0: I gotta ask: What during that money in the bank when you were climbing up that ladder? What were, the, what were the thoughts that were going through your head? Because you know you're going so far up, you know it's on live pay-per-view.
1: Oh yeah, man. I I was like, man, I hope I don't trip over my pant leg, or uh, I hope I could get, I hope I can unhook this easily, which I did. Um, and I just, I remember hearing the roar of the crowd. They were like so happy until I gave it to her. I honestly think the crowd wanted me to take off with it, <laughs> like, but because they were che- they were cheering as I'm climbing the ladder. As soon as I dropped it to her, they booed, which is great because that's what we wanted but i, I feel like they me to be the hop the barricade and run through the front door
0: <laughs> i thought your your character was so good doing so well at the wwe that's why i was so surprised when you got cut
1: yeah it was a great character man i don't know maybe i like i said maybe i rubbed somebody the wrong way i don't know i don't question it man i i look forward not backward it did suck i wish i would have stayed and did a little more um but you know, when they let me go, they brought me back seven months later, and <laughs> like, and that's what I'm like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a one again, off again relationship. <laughs> so, what
0: do you think about their Thunderdome setup?
1: You know, hats off to them because, um, I mean, they had to do something, and that was very unique, and I think it's very cool. I, I love it, I
0: thought it was very cool too. But I saw the couple of knuckleheads at the very beginning.
1: Well, you knew you were going to have that, you know. Uh, nothing you could do about trolls or morons. Like, they have nothing better to do, so like, you just, just got to ignore them and move on with your life. And and you pray for them that they find happiness and nerves because obviously they're upset at something.
0: <laughs> so. so, what's the worst? What's the worst injury you ever had?
1: You know, I'm missing a couple of teeth. I think that's the worst because you deal with that every day. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I broke both my hands cracked the rib, I've tore my rotator cuff, nothing you know, I wrestled through it all, like wood. good, Jeez. I've been wrestling 19 years and I haven't I missed a beat, brother, <laughs> so I don't know, I'm very blessed that I haven't had anything where I couldn't perform How do you think the Ravens are going to do next year? 13 and 3, number 2 seed AFC title game against the Chiefs pull it out at the last minute with a Tucker field goal on to the Super Bowl to pay to face the Green Bay Packers beat the Green Bay Packers 31 to 20.
0: I'm a holder of this.
1: <laughs> I just, I just, I just booked the whole, the whole year.
0: <laughs> there you go. We don't have to watch it now.
1: Yeah.
0: So what are your uh, future goals in the business?
1: Like I said earlier, man, I want to be a mouthpiece for somebody and make a lot of money for them and for myself. <laughs> like a Jim had a Bobby and a Jimmy Hart, a Paul Heyman, an MVP, a classy Freddie uh, uh Reverend Reverend Slick. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, uh, Bill Alfonso was great. Taz was Taz is doing a great job right now. Um, eh, so many to name, but I I want to do that. If
0: another promotion. Called you right now, like AEW or Impact? Would you talk to them,
1: or would you just hold off for WWE? I, I'm i willing to talk to anybody. I, I worked with Impact at the Bound for Glory 2018. I did some house shows with them. I did NWA wow. their 70th anniversary. I wrestled Nick for the NWA World Title. I mean, I'm willing to talk to anybody because I just like to, I like to perform, whether it's in front of seven people or seventy-five thousand. So I, yeah, I'm willing to talk to anybody about performing.
0: What is the biggest crowd you ever wrestle in front of?
1: 75,000 people was WrestleMania. Um, you know, and I got the ring, and Becky Lynch beat me up. Royal Rumble was 54,000. Uh, in the Alamo doing in San Antonio, Texas.
0: That must have been a bitch leaving that arena. No,
1: nah, man, you, you park where you can get out easy. That's a, that's my trick. You find a parking spot where you'll always get out easy.
0: <laughs> You're going to slip out before the crowd starts?
1: Uh, you know, I look, but you. Dude, after every WWE show, I found the fans and I signed for them. It, it didn't matter if it took hours. I, I just love to do that. And people were like, "Stop giving away your, your autograph for free." I said, I, "I said no. This to me means more than money. Signing for the fans, I did. I signed, and if, to this day, man, I'll go to conventions and fans will be like, oh, I met you in St. Louis. I met you in San Antonio. I met you in Nebraska. I met you, you know,' because I did that. I all be signed for them.
0: Have ever? Uh, had a fan that was like really out troll like a real dick yes like did you respond
1: to him or did you just, like, I, you just ask them to stop numerous times and then if they don't stop you gotta you know get the law to stop them <laughs> but you know most fans aren't like that most fans are very respectful and very fun to talk to and you know i don't let a couple of assholes ruin it for the you know the the, the loud minority i do not let ruin for the silent majority, if you know what I mean. So, true. like. Okay.
0: So, where can everyone find you on social media in there in the
1: at? Twitter at Real Ellsworth, Instagram at James Ellsworth Wrestling, TikTok, I'm wishy washy with, but it's James Ellsworth WWE, cameo.com, search James Ellsworth, Ellsworth to get a video from me, and that's where I'm at, guys.
0: Before we go, do you have any dirt? Ain't like anything from the WWE that you can just share that it's like behind the scenes no one knows about
1: hmm. let me see mm, you know I don't like to stooge on anybody like I'm a lot of wrestlers these days talk you know tell each other and stooge on each other but I'm not like that but I'm just trying to think if there's something that nobody knows that's
0: you don't have to give names out.
1: Um give like uh, names Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw two people get into a fight, more um, overseas tour, I won't say their names, but two wrestlers got into a, a, an altercation, were <laughs> overseas, and it never got out, <laughs> and um, there, was, there was two people, I remember Sinkar and like, maybe Jericho, there was like an article about, but that's not what I was talking about, they were on Raw, but there was a fight between two guys, um when i that i saw that never got on the dirt sheets or nothing because we had a great locker man we didn't stooge on each other and i would i don't stooge on anybody dude i don't get into anybody's personal business or anything like that but that's the that i'm i'm trained old school the boys are supposed to be the boys they're supposed to take care of each other and that's how my mindset is and always will be
0: Code of honor right Mm -hmm. my man too sweetly man appreciate your time
1: you too brother
0: you take care of yourself. God bless you, man. Thank you very much. Take care. I love the background. <laughs> very much. Yeah. See you, man. See you. Bye.
1: Have a good night, brother.
0: good Bye.